Hello and welcome to Bereaved Motherhood and All Entails. I'm your host, Mackenzie, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to support an older sibling when their younger sibling passes away. So we know that siblings experience grief and they are actually labeled the forgotten griever because oftentimes people are so caught up in the parents' grief and other adults um, that we kind of forget about the brothers and sisters that are left behind. And so today I just thought it'd be a good idea to talk about how we can support those living siblings that are also experiencing grief due to their baby brother or baby sister passing away. And I do want to make the disclaimer that all of the information from this video has come from research and from others, stories and experiences that I've been able to talk to. It is not my own personal experience. I lost my my first child. So there were no surviving siblings that I had to walk through the grief process with. But I still feel like this is a really important topic because I know for many of you, you have children in your homes and um, they are grieving. And how do we support them? And how can we be the best parent to them while we as moms are still deeply, deeply grieving the loss of our beloved baby? And so I think the first thing that's really important to know is that grieving is necessary, it's normal, and it's a natural reaction to loss. And so your living children will grieve the loss of their brother and their sister. Now their grief may and most likely will look very, very different than your grief as the mom. Their relationship is completely different. Um, but that doesn't mean they're not grieving. And so I think oftentimes there's a lot of fear of how do we interact with children with these big, big things like death. And it's just good to keep in mind that children are much more resilient than I think oftentimes adults give them credit for. And they also understand a lot more than adults give them credit for. I am a teacher. That's my background is education. And I've taught kindergarten and third grade. And I can say that when I lost my son, I was a kindergarten teacher. And it was amazing how much the kindergartners understood about my own personal loss. And even um, when I moved into third grade after and I would, you know, talk about my family, this or that, or how many children I had. Um, sometimes they would ask some clarifying questions here and there, and I never would hide the fact that one of my children passed away. And, you know, sometimes they were really curious and they would ask questions, but they always um, usually were like, oh my goodness, that's so sad, or I'm so sorry. And, you know, they oftentimes don't say the same hurtful things that adults can say. I'm not saying that their words are perfect. Obviously, they're children. Um, but I think that oftentimes we discredit children. And so it's important that they feel comfortable to talk about the loss and to talk through their emotions and what they're feeling. And the best way to do that is for you to talk through your feelings and your emotions and the loss that your family has suffered. So talking about the baby, you know, using his or her name, talking about the sadness, the disappointment, you know, where baby is now. Um, obviously, as a Christian woman, I believe that my son is in heaven and he's with Jesus and that he's happy and healthy and he's having a wonderful time in paradise and that one day I will be reunited with him and that I will get to spend eternity with my son. And so 
I get to talk about that and I get to use my son's, you know, death as a way to talk about heaven, to talk about eternity, um, and to talk about what's to come after life. And so that can be a real comfort to children, you know, for them to have some of those concrete answers, like where is my brother? Where is my sister? What happens when we die? But you know, it's also, you know, good to assure your child that they're safe. They're okay. They're fine. And oftentimes just because a baby dies, it doesn't mean that a child is all of a sudden going to fear for their own life. Now, some children may become more clingy. They may be more unsure. They may want some assurance that they're okay, that they're not going to die. And then, um, if those conversations arise, you obviously handle them as they come up, but it's not something that we want to just put on our kids. Like, I know that your brother died or I know your sister died, but, but don't worry, you know, you're okay. Everything's good. You know, you don't have to, you know, try to assure them of that unless they bring it up to you, but let them take the lead, um, in their own grief. And then you can just follow it and help support them best you can. So definitely talking about the process, talking about how, you know, mommy's sad and letting them see that, letting them see you cry, having those times where we cry together, where we talk about, yeah, mommy's having a hard day because, you know, she really misses your brother. She really misses your sister. Um, And then maybe finding things that when they're really sad that they can do. So maybe if they're sad, they can snuggle with the urn or there's a stuffed animal that they can... um, hold and carry around and, you know, go to bed with even, um, and you know, they can kiss the urn, they can kiss pictures of the baby. You can go and you can visit the cemetery and have picnics there and help decorate it for the different seasons and just spend time at the cemetery being with their little brother or their little sister. Um, those are all some really awesome things to help get your children involved in that process. Um, For myself, since my son passed away, we've gone on to have two more children. And, you know, something that we do is we still talk about Maverick all the time with them. And my next oldest child, he knows that if we talk about Maverick, who we're talking about, and he'll often go and point to one of the pictures or grab one of his photos and bring it to us on his own. I've seen him kiss the picture and hug the photo. Um, but you know, we kind of practice that because before he goes to bed, we tell Maverick good night and we give him a kiss. And, you know, we do all those types of things, um, with our children that have been born subsequently, but you can do those same types of things with the older children who are left behind. Um, as a way for them to show love and to show care and to be involved. Um, It's also shown that if you have the ability for your child to meet or to see the baby after they've passed away, that that is actually a really healthy thing psychologically because it helps the sibling left behind to have a face to the baby, to actually have that time to spend with their brother, to spend with their sister, meeting them, making memories. And then it's not so abstract. It's not like, okay, mommy was pregnant and, or mommy had a baby. And then where is that baby? Where, like, where did the baby go? So if you have that ability for um, your children to meet, even if, you know, the one is no longer, um, alive, that is a wonderful experience. And it's kind of like with parents, you know, we now know that in the long run, parents who choose to meet their children and to spend that time with their babies, even if they have passed away long-term, their grief goes a lot smoother and psychologically they tend to be a lot healthier than those who don't meet their children. Um, you know, it used to be thought that it would be too hard to, um, 
spend time with your deceased child. So after the baby was born or after they passed away, they would just kind of take the baby away and you wouldn't get any time with them. And, you know, now we know that that is no longer recommended. Hospitals recommend for you to spend time with them. We have things like cuddle cots to give us longer time with our children so that we can make those memories. So just like that, so important for the parents. Likewise, it's also important for siblings that if they have that capability that they can meet their younger brother or their younger sister and you know they can hold them they can kiss them they can see what they looked like and they have that flush to flush meeting and the opportunity then to make memories and that um can really serve them in the long run so obviously talking about the children um or the child that you that you lost you know talking about their brother their sister um showing them that yeah mommy grieves daddy grieves we're sad um we have good days we have hard days and then that allows them to say like okay it's okay for me to be sad i know i can have hard days or i can have good days um and then likewise keeping schedule routine and normality to their life you know children thrive off of routine off of schedules so maintaining as much normality in their life is really really helpful it provides them with that stability as they go through grief and as they go through the chaos of losing a brother or a sister so that can be really important and i know that us as moms sometimes especially earlier on we can just have over overwhelming days where we want to scream and cry and just not get out of bed or just you know sob on the nursery floor and i think that um when we're going to have those days it's better to find a family member or a friend to take our children out of the house so that we have the freedom to do that because it's obviously important for us as grieving moms but then it also um allows us to have that grief time without worrying about our living children. And then it allows our living children to still do fun things and to get out of the house so that they don't um, have to see that or observe that because obviously it's upsetting to children to see parents utterly distraught. So when I say grieve in front of your children, I mean that, but I don't mean like screaming, crying, uncontrollable um, emotions. Obviously, those are natural. That's going to happen. But if they can be removed, whether it's they're at school or whether it's a family member or a friend can come and take them for the day, you know, that can be really helpful. And again, it can give them something fun to do to look forward to and then give you the space to grieve privately like you need to as the mom. So those are really important things. Um, and then also just recognizing that it's still important to make memories with your living children. Like your living kids still need you. They still love you. You know, you still get to be a mama to them and what a blessing that is. And so making sure that you still are doing fun things with them so that their lives don't just totally stop. Like, yes, our world quits spinning when we go through great tragedy and great loss. Um, but it's important to maintain, as I said, some routine, some stability, and to allow ourselves to still enjoy our living children and to still make memories with them because they still want to do fun things. You know, even in their own grief, they want to do fun things. So if you can take them to the park for a few hours or go on a walk together or a bike ride together, and you know, maybe it's only half an hour, but it gets you out, it gets you getting that fresh air, you're getting some exercise, and you can, you know, spend that quality time with your kids um, and make those memories and do something fun together. And those are really important. I know some families go on trips. Um, some choose smaller trips. Others choose larger trips um, to just get away, to break the routine, to get out of the house, and to just have some special family time um, that's away. And I know 
um, some people that have done that and they've talked about how healing that's been and just how special it's been to have that time as a family to be away and to just enjoy each other's company. And like, yes, obviously you bring your grief with you. You can't escape it. You can't run away from it, but it's just been a good break, a good change in pace and just really good family time and really important as they kind of reset and as life starts in this new normal that um, now is going to happen. And you know, your kids' lives are also have a new normal. You know, you're a family of however many, um, but one of you is missing. It, it doesn't mean you're no longer a family of that amount. You are, um, but it, it's going to look different than what you had imagined or what had looked like prior to the loss. And so sometimes getting away and having that break can just be a good recharge, a reset, so that when you come back, you know, you're back into your routine, but you've spent that good family time. Hopefully there's been some recharging, some rejuvenation, um, and it can really help moving forward. Um, and then obviously just like, we don't want people judging our grief or how we grieve. Likewise, you know, we shouldn't judge our children's grief. Now, if there's something that they're doing or they've become, you know, disturbed or upset, um, and they need some professional help, then obviously there is grief therapy and counseling available for families or just for children. And, you know, you know, your child, you know, what is or isn't normal and what they may or may not need. So obviously, you know, meet your children's needs like you would in anything, but, you know, don't be afraid to talk about the baby that passed away for them to meet that baby. Um, you know, those are all really important things and don't be afraid for them to see you sad, to see you upset because that's normal. And that tells them, yeah, mommy's grieving, mommy's sad and I'm sad too. And, and that's okay for me to express my emotions, to express my feelings and to grieve healthily. And you know, it all, if you have living children, it gives you something to invest in because you still have people dependent on you. And that can be a blessing and a curse. It can be a blessing in that you don't just have empty arms. You do have children. You do have that noise. Um, you get to live out being a mother and that's obviously an immense blessing. And that can also be hard because you have children and they need you and there's demands. So you can't just lock yourself in a room or close yourself off to all responsibility while you solely go through the grief process. You have to manage that with your children and their needs. So obviously, you know, there's pros and cons to all of the different situations. Um, but I would say just focus on the pros, focus on these children that you do have that do need you and spending that time together, grieving with them. And then as a teacher, I always recommend books when kids go through traumatic events, books is one of the best ways for them to learn. So reading books um, together that deal with this topic and are written in an age-appropriate manner that are kid-friendly. Um, and then you can talk about um, the topic, you know, after reading the book, and it really opens those doors to conversations. And I'll definitely make a list of books that I recommend for um, siblings that have um, survived their little siblings um, passing. But some books just off the top of the head are Tear Soup. It's a great way to show how everybody grieves differently and what everybody needs. And grief looks different and it can help you then you talk about how what mommy needs looks different than what daddy needs or what mommy and daddy needs looks different than what the, than what they need. And maybe if you have multiple living children, you know, what one needs looks different than another. And, you know, it looks different from what the grandparents need. And we all have our own tear soup. So that is a great book. 
um, it's an, you know, analogy, but it's a great way to open that conversation and kind of show how everybody grieves differently. And we all have to be patient and cognizant of that. Um, books written specifically for children that I always recommend is my siblings still talking about that relationship. And you can still have a relationship with your deceased brother or sister. It obviously looks different than if, you know, than if they were alive, but there's still that bond. And, um, it's a really sweet story and just a great conversation starter and one I highly, highly recommend. Um, I believe another one is called Where the Dinosaurs Roar. And it just talks about like what children do in heaven. And it's a fun, sweet story that kind of gives some um, context and concreteness to life after death. And so, you know, what is my brother or what is my sister up to and what do their lives look like? And you know, how does this look for them? And so that's a great story to kind of answer those questions and to open up those discussions as well. Um, but yeah, obviously each child, what they need, their age, it looks different, but children are resilient. They ask a lot of questions. They're inquisitive and that's a wonderful blessing. And there's not the judgment and the social pressures um, coming from children that there is from adults. So even if they go to school and they're sharing their story with friends at school, I know some parents get really, really worried. And you know, my piece of advice is just, is not to worry is children are much better at handling this and supporting each other often than adults are. Obviously there are adults that are amazing. I don't mean that there aren't, but by and large, children just are much more receptive and innocent. Um, and so they handle this type of thing better and they can almost be more supportive and encouraging. And so, you know, it's okay for your living child to go to school and to talk about their sibling who has passed, you know, and to include them in family trees and in family portraits. And I think it's important to even encourage that because although a child may have died, it doesn't mean they're no longer part of the family. They are. And to just include that and to see that, um, as this is what our family looks like. And, you know, all families look different. And sometimes on the outside, you know, we don't see every member of the family. And it just really is going to help teach your children to be much more sensitive adults, empathetic adults, and adults that are just much more people orientated and selfless and aware of, you know, others and their stories and their struggles. And that the surface isn't necessarily... Um, an accurate representation of people's lives and families. And so, you know, I think it's a great to be able to use it as that growing experience as time goes on. And um, instead of trying to hide it from them and just kind of pretending nothing happened, you know, really supporting it and maybe giving them a bear or some type of stuffed animal, you know, in honor of their sibling and, you know, just really helping keeping them involved and keeping that dialogue open um, and, you know, just grieving together. And then maybe, you know, your kids go to preschool certain afternoons or mornings a week and you then can kind of hold it together till those times. And then, you know, okay, this time is when my children are gone. And so I can be more emotional and, you know, maybe act in a way I wouldn't want to act in front of my kids and to have those set times for yourself where, you know, okay, I just need to get through today. I just need to get through this morning and then I can, you know, lose it. Then I can have my breakdown. Then I can just, you know, stop everything and be on the couch. Um, that can be really, really healthy for us as moms. Cause obviously we're grieving the loss of our baby and, um, we need to take that time to grieve and to tend to our own needs 
and our own grief. And there's times that we do that with our children that are alive. And then there's times that we need to do that without them. And so just setting up those times for yourself is really, really important as well. And something I highly encourage. And so you may have to ask for help if, you know, your kids aren't in daycare or preschool or something like that. But, you know, it's a really easy way for then friends and family to step up and help and to provide support. So definitely something to um, reach out with and to um, allow yourself those breaks from your living kids so that you can have time to really, you know, process and grieve in your own way as well. But anyways, um, we are just so thankful that you are here, that you're listening to this. If you have advice, if you would like to share your story or talk about your experience with living children, um, and then losing a younger sibling, a younger child, you know, we would love to have your story to share it here on the podcast. Um, please feel free to reach us at maverickjohnconnis at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. Um, And we just thank you so much for being here, for being part of this community, and just know that you are in our prayers. Um, You're doing an amazing job. This is a really, really hard road. And when you have to deal with your own grief and your children's grief and manage it all, that is a lot. Um, and you are, you are a rock star. You're an amazing mama. And we just cannot thank you enough for being here with us and spending your time listening to us. And, um, just know that this is a community that loves you, that wants to support you and wants to be here for you. And then again, don't forget to check out those episode notes. Um, hopefully you can find some resources there that are helpful for you and your family and podcast drop Friday morning. So we can't wait to meet up again with you next week. And until that time, we just pray that you have a blessed week. Thanks for being here.